Hey guys, welcome back to Talks with Miri. So this is a solo episode. Um, it's a topic that I felt would just be easier to deliver one-on-one and it felt a bit boring. It's been a while since I did a, a one-on-one episode actually. And instead of the interludes being like the musical gaps this time, I'm going to throw in poems that celebrate the black woman and what she stands for. So just so you know, that's going to be incoming. You're not going to hear the but it depends on what platform you listen because some platforms don't include the interludes but in any case i hope you guys enjoy this episode so for today's episode i will be obviously addressing racism and misogyny but purely from the black woman's experience and i'm gonna Stated now, I sympathize for anyone who's been a victim of misogyny and racism as a whole. But when we look at recent events as terrible as they have been, and I sympathize with the black men that have suffered from police brutality all over the world, a lot of support has been shown to our male counterparts. And I'm not diminishing the support that has been shown to the black women who have been victims of police brutality. But when you look at all the petitions and the donations and all of that, for example, the male victims have received way more petition signs, shares, donations compared to the female counterparts. Again, I'm not diminishing or or, um, not acknowledging that any support was shown from them. But if you want to start looking into it, it's right there. That's a good place to start. And I mean, it's not fair, but we do live in a world where the wage gap between white men and black women is the highest. And when you go towards women, from Caucasian to Hispanics to black women, black women earn the least. We live in a world that is not fair or designed for the black women, and I'm gonna go into that. Most people write me off when they see me. They do not know my story. They say I'm just an African. They judge me before they get to know me. What they do not know is the pride I have in the blood that runs through my veins. The pride I have in my rich culture and the history of my people. The pride I have in the African dance, African art, and African music. The pride I have in my name and the meaning behind it. Just as my name has meaning, I too will live my life with meaning. So you think I am nothing? Don't worry about what I am now. For what I will be, I am gradually becoming. I will raise my head high wherever I go because of my African pride and nobody will ever take that away from me. And that was by Uduo. So first off, I want to start by saying that this is an episode that needs to be listened to in its entirety before you can make up your mind. It's something that is very difficult to go into because immediately a lot of people's blocks will go up. Like, that doesn't exist. That's not real. You're exaggerating. Which is why I feel like this episode needed to be made in any case. But to begin with, I want to start by saying we live in a world where black girls are the most hypersexualized. Black girls, not women. Girls. There's a Rolling Stones song where the lyrics are black girls just want to get fucked all night. But I will come back to that point. 
I want to start by saying that researchers at Georgetown's Law Center on Poverty and Inequality spoke directly to black girls and women about their experiences, and it was concluded that when black girls express strong or contrary views, adults view them as challenging authority, or more fundamentally, simply assume a girl's character is just plain bad. So then they took it a step further and they realized that this bias also probably plays a role in the increasing use of discipline against black girls in the classroom, whether it's from law enforcement or any form of authority figure. So even though they are not more likely to misbehave than white girls, researchers found that black girls as young as five years old are already seen as less innocent and needing less support than white girls of the same age. This presumption led teachers and other authority figures to treat black girls as if they are older than they really are, and more harshly than white female students, with the disparity being particularly wide for 10 to 14 year olds. Women and girls also recalled being told that they were disrespecting authority for asking questions in schools. Black girls were often punished for vague things like having an attitude or defiance. Many of the women and girls who spoke to researchers also described having to deal with people's expectations that they were angry or aggressive. Starting in childhood, black girls are seen as sassy or accused of having attitude problems, perceptions often rooted in stereotypes of the angry black woman. of a black woman should always be herself. No edits, no erasure, no pressure, no expectations, no additions, no intruders. And this is by Malevo. Now, <laughs> now we're gonna jump into the sexualization or the hyper-sexualization of black girls. And many people accuse, you know, young black children of trying to grow up too fast or trying to attract male attention with their clothes. And this seems to align with the ways black women have been historically over-sexualized and subjected to the Jezebel stereotype. So the origins of Jezebel was, it's a belief that, you know, back in, in slavery when black women were essentially being raped by the, the slave owners and the wives of these slave owners equated it to no it's them they're just being hypersexual and trying to corrupt our men and it's been linked to issues that still plague us today in a report a 2018 report it was found that black girls are more likely to be penalized for wearing the same things as other girls and their bodies are often sexualized by teachers and school authority figures who then punish them for minuscule or non-existent clothing infractions. And this, this was pretty evident. I mean, I could wear shorts, my white classmate could have worn shorts, but mine is a problem. And I feel like many black girls could relate here, whether it was leggings or it was a top with cleavage, for some reason, it was usually a problem when it was done by us. And, I mean, it's something that you do realize, but it's not something that a lot of the times when you realize it you don't realize how big of an issue it actually is it's one of those in looking back you're like oh my gosh 
Data also found that black girls are five to six times more likely to be suspended from schools than their white counterparts or their white females. Black girls are a relatively small percentage of the national student population, but accounted for more than 40% of out-of-school suspensions. And this was in the 2011 to 2012 school year. It is also more likely that black girls are to be suspended or referred to juvenile forms of um, dealing with attitude problems than their white counterparts again. It is also likely the perception of black girls as older and less in needing of protection that plays a role in high-profile incidents involving the use of police force against black girls. And there are examples of this, like when a teenage girl was thrown in the classroom by a school resource officer, when an 11-year-old girl was being tasered by police for allegedly shoplifting, a 14-year-old black girl being struck and violently arrested by police, another 12-year-old suspect and Latina girls were suspected of drug use and they were stripped searched by police because they appeared too hyper and giddy. I have sat listening at the feet of enough black women to know that they deserve to tell their own stories. But here we are, mourning, Darnell Lamont. of black women will be raped at some point in their life. For every 15 black women who are assaulted, just one reports her rape as many black women fail to not report black men for sexual assault. Misogynar also plays a role. According again to a report from Georgetown University Law Center, adults view black girls as less innocent and more adult-like than their white peers. In addition, Black girls are often viewed as more knowledgeable about sex and less in need of protection from predators as compared to their white peers. This false belief can be traced as far back as the 1600s, when European travelers to Africa were shocked by the way that African women dressed, and continued through slavery in the US where slave earners justified their rape of enslaved women by claiming that black women have insatiable sexual appetites. These stereotypes play out in disturbing ways, as black women and girls are rarely seen as victims of sexual abuse. In R. Kelly's 2008 trial for child pornography, one juror stated that he voted to acquit Kelly because he did not believe the testimony offered by black women because of how they dress and act. In 2015, Oklahoma police officer Daniel Holtzclaw was convicted of multiple accounts of rape. He specifically targeted black women with the expectation that no one would believe his victims. There are other reasons why black women and girls do not report abuse to the authorities. The relationship between the black community and law enforcement, as recent events have shown you hopefully, is fueled with a lot of abuse and mistrust. So the idea of mass incarceration, police brutality, over-policing generally have left many black women feeling that they do not have the privilege of ignoring this reality and deciding to seek help and protection from the law enforcement. For good reason, many black women and girls do not trust the system, and many avoid reporting their sexual assault for that reason. Related to this, many black women are under pressure to not report black men and subject them to the legal system. According to a national study, 91% of black women are sexually assaulted by black men. 75% of those attacks are by someone known to the victim, such as a family member or a friend. 
Under these circumstances, black women and girls may face internal and external pressure to not report the attackers. It may even be seen as a betrayal to expose a family member or, or let them be known to the community as a rapist. As there is often a strong imperative to protect the black man after centuries of oppression and discrimination. So what I'm trying to say, and I hope people understand what I'm trying to say, is that being a black woman leaves you dealing with racism and misogyny hand in hand. You can and most times are excluded from conversations that aid progression not only by the media but by our own people. Being a black woman means working and fighting harder than anybody else to build a life for yourself and it means dealing with your own race who will spend time basing your worth off of something as simple as how light or dark your skin is. Many still believe that black women must just be seen, not heard. Yes, there is a woke generation, but bear in mind how many people still carry these traditional beliefs. There was this Twitter thread where the guy was asking, you know, black men, what is it you love about black women? And the majority were just saying your strength when life gets hard. Just the same thing rephrased in different ways. And to me, it was like basically, congratulations, you were built for suffering. In all honesty, it can be an overwhelming burden to carry. The world, up until a handful of years ago, had convinced us that our hair was nappy, our noses were too big, our lips were too big, our thighs were monstrous, our curves were too much, our objections were sass, we were too dark, and we were just regular old sex addicts. Out of everyone in the world, we get paid the least, and people fight and try for us, don't get me wrong. We are making progression, but it, it's, it's there. The facts have been shown. But how many black women's stories are put under a spotlight and cross-examined when it's rape? Or when it's something like, like the murder of a black woman? How many have been ignored? Uh, there was the trans black woman who was murdered, again by police. And not everyone was giving that as much energy as they were given, or they were giving, sorry, towards the male victims of police brutality. Being a black woman means avoiding being alone. You never want to be the minority somewhere. There is no... There is a luxury of living life spontaneously, but there is also the risk that comes with living life spontaneously. There is always... There's always something that could go wrong when you look at how situations could play out as a black woman. And what I like, though is that the world is starting to realize this and black women are having a voice and it's growing louder and they, these won't be the experiences for my children because enough is enough. And respect and power to my fellow black women and may we continue to break down barriers and rise above what we've been told to accept. I hope the future is brighter for us but I also hope people start paying subtle attention how the media conveys black women. Simple headlines, you know? Something like feminism. When um, a white woman, you know, has posted something topless on Instagram, the media runs, oh my gosh, she's embracing her sexuality, she's doing it, feminism. But if someone like Rihanna does it, it's a raunchy, it's too much, it's too sexual. And just there, I've shown you something that you didn't even realize most of the times is occurring. It is tough to be a black woman, but I think it builds the best characters, honestly. And... I want a world where my future black children are not going to be hypersexualized. None of this, you know, 
you can't wear shorts anymore or you can't wear leggings around certain people because it's too inappropriate you don't know what they might think i don't want a life like that i want my kids to be free and i want this to be the last generation of black women that had to carry a burden so heavy on their shoulders so anyway in conclusion um i would love to hear what you guys think about what i've said i'd like to engage with you guys and talk about this and hear different opinions and anything that you guys want to add it seems only fitting to end this episode with the words of maya angelou so you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies you may tread me in the very dirt, but still like dust I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high, still I'll rise. Do you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard, cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise? That I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain I rise. I am a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear I rise, into a daybreak that's wondrously clear I rise. Bringing the gifts of my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. I hope you guys have a good week. I hope this movement continues. Remember, it's important to keep the momentum up. Black lives matter. Doesn't matter if it's male, female, LGBTQ. Black lives matter. <laughs>